everyone, welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly on this Sunday morning after a pretty uh, grey day out there at Rose Hill Gardens, but the big highlight was the way the track performed after all that rain. In any other uh, season, Rose Hill would have been a bog. We, on some occasions we might have even raced Ronnie Duffersey and Lizzie Joffs. No, the track was a surprise, um, too much of a surprise. I think the, it's getting a bit archaic, this, this penetrometers, mm. you know, I, I think it's old school. You know, we went to that meeting thinking we'd had the heaviest track in four years. You got a uh, you got a, a filly there, my mare there, um, finishing off in thirty three nine in the eleven hundred metre race. It's not right. It was a soft. The eleven hundred metre inside of the track was soft six. So the penetrometer, Lizzie said, um, six point two two nine six three three. A heavier track than when Winks won. The George Ryder, she will reign on the Golden Slipper. It was the was heaviest a, reading since 2017. A very heavy track that day, and the penetrometer said that track was going to be heavier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what they don't take into account is the, the, the beautiful surface, and the we, we didn't race there for three months. Well, that's it. The surface was hasn't been used. The There's a massive difference between a summer heavy and a winter heavy, and then there's also the differences between a Ramwick heavy and a Rose Hill heavy, and that's that's why when you're talking about the penetrometer, I think it's it, it just doesn't seem to equate to what you're what we were dealing with certainly yesterday. Okay, well, well how come the, the Victorians got rid of the penetrometer and they use they use a going stick and and, and I, I'm I'm all for I, I didn't know much about it, but I'm all for this shear where they got the the thickness the shear and I know in Melbourne if they get a shear reading over ten then you know the track's holding together. It's got plenty of grass and it knits. We've got, to, these track managers have their, their meetings amongst each other. We've got to move with the times, I think, and, and, and get with that yep, and get I the think. right information at the right, in the right seasons out there. Because we all went there thinking this could be off after the first. It was, it was, as good it, it it was a soft to, track. It continued to rain as well. Yes. <laughs> so it, the only place it was worse, heavy, got better. The only place it was heavy was five off the fence and further out. And the rest was a soft six, especially from the from the shoot. Oh. I, I'm, I'm not being critical because the track was amazing. Amazing, yeah. but we've we've just got to get some proper information out. Yep, there. I couldn't mm. agree with you more. Well, let's go back to the uh, the feature race, Group Three Festival Stakes. 
and this is Golden Eagle form. Ellsberg follows on from Count de Rupi in the gong, coming through the Golden Eagle to win a feature race. Yeah, and he was always in control, never in doubt, uh, was he? He's a, he's a ripper horse and uh, just does everything right. And you're right, that Golden Eagle form, we keep saying it now, it's a, it, it's a real, it's a stronger four-year-old race as you'll ever get and it's going to continue to be our, our great form lines. And he's off and gone. Um, Stockman's flying, isn't he? Um, he's, he's early in his prep. He might be a really live wire summer cup hope for sure. He'd probably like it wet. He'd still run well in a dry the way he's going. Um, I thought uh, Bandersnatch had his chance. He was solid again. Uh, there were some great runs in this race. Considering circumstances, uh, Brutality was excellent. He was wide on a day that you could not travel wide and he sort of just come out a little bit slowly out of the barriers and over raced at stages so I, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with Brutelli in the worst part of the track right down the middle there and, and that horse you tipped there that, when I like, went back and I looked at the replays last night it was one of the runs of the day Mubaras. Yeah good run wasn't it? Yeah he, and you said he was forward in condition so the Summer Cup mightn't be too soon for him as well. So I think all of these horses that we're seeing in those in the placings we're going to see uh, in the Villiers in a couple of weeks' time as well. Of course, that's a $750,000 race now, and this has been the traditional lead-up. But now with the gong as well, there's horses like Cryodirus. He's heading that way as well. I know Yamazaki also are heading towards the Villiers. So those horses from yesterday plus... Um, a whole heap from the gong will head towards um, a big race on the 11th. Mm, it's only two weeks away. Uh, Sterling Alexio was there after the race and Rachel King, the winning rider. He ended up in the position he was. Um, you know, I think just that inside barrier probably cruelled him a bit in the eagle the other day. He doesn't appreciate being cluttered up. And once he could land outside the leader and sort of work into the race when he wanted to, um, you know, it was going to take him a long way to winning the race. Sort of coming of age now, isn't he? He is. He's still learning. He still wanted to hang on the bend today, but um, in time, hopefully, that you'll iron that out. And I think he's a very progressive horse who can get right through his classes. You want to go to the Villiers now? Well, it's definitely on the table. We'll just sort of sit down tomorrow and sort of work out whether we still go there or not. Obviously, the autumn comes around pretty quick, yeah. but, um, you know, it's just a bit of water go under the bridge yet. We'll just sort of see what happens. If you went to the Villiers, you'd be thinking about the ticket into the Doncaster. I mean, it's worth a lot of money, yeah, but... Would you see him as a Doncaster horse in the autumn? I think so. If he could get into a race like that, obviously he races on speed, down in the weights. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of big Randwick miles have been one like that. But if not, there's sort of those Doncaster preludes, going cups, uh, you know, even maybe onto a Stradbroke with a light weight. I'm not too sure, but he's definitely a horse on the way up. He definitely relaxed really well today, and I think he's, he's got a big horse and he was just comfortable having that bit of space. Um, he got into a really good rhythm the whole way. and. Yeah, just kept picking up really nicely to the line. It made my job easy. Yeah, you felt confident in the end? Yeah, I was confident, even sort of from the half mile. He just really wanted to travel and, and take me um, sort of through the gears, which was a nice feeling on this kind of track when they can do that. And he was strong to the line. I felt like he sort of probably had a bit left. If one had come to him, I think he would have found a bit more. This is a traditional lead-up to the Villiers. You think that that's a, the right race sort of to head towards with him? Yeah, look, I don't see why not. I think he's a horse that's definitely heading that way. And... His form stood up the last couple of runs, and if he can just keep stringing a few races like this together, he can definitely make his way towards a race like that. 
Uh, here is the next race, the Starlight Stakes at listed level. Oh, before I go on, um, Art Cadeau. Yeah, just wanted to mention about Art Cadeau. Obviously, he was a, that's two disappointing performances. They had a look at him after the race, and he was found to have no abnormalities. He's going to be spelled, and they're going to report back to see if there is anything you know, in the wash-up after a few days of cooling down. Mm, he's much better than that. Starlight Stakes, Volpine, very important black-type win for this mare and Brad Widdup. Volpine wins the Starlight. Yeah, and the race was won once she uh, cleared Space Boy early and got into a rhythm, it was all over. You know, typical 1100 Rose Hill. And once you get that rest up front, you're near unbeatable. And like I said, she's come home in 33.98, which is flying. Um, so, yeah, um, good on you, Brad. He, he's got her back into form. She looked in trouble early on, and then the last couple of runs have been good. And just everything fell into place for her yesterday. Uh, Dream Circle's been known to race uh, well fresh in the past, and he certainly did up the best going there. Um, he was terrific. Tembo's mate, don't want to make too many excuses for him. He had a nice little trail into the race. Surreal Step should have finished a length or two closer. Just gets when, when he's just warming up here, he just gets that tight hamper and, and uh, I guess it cost him a length or two. But um, the winner owned the race and uh, a good result for them. Yep, a couple of disappointing performances, Southern Lad, Mamarigan, Space Boy. Um, nothing was found in the wash-up in the vet reports, but Space Boy will now be spelled. Okay, here's uh, Brad Widdup and also Jay Ford. Yeah, it takes about five run runs to come right. I don't know what it is. Uh, very sharp worker at home and, you know, just a terrific mare. I, I put the winkers on today. I didn't want to go blinkers. I think she did about 25 starts, so it took me a while to do it. But, um, you know, it's great to get a stakes winner, especially for um, Brad Hunt and Benny Vasala. It's fantastic. Big supporters of mine, and, you know, I love getting a winner for them. It is. I mean, the Starlight Stakes, you think, uh, here we are. The carnival seems to be over, but this is a valuable win for her. Oh, for sure. Look, she's a schnitzel. Uh, she's uh, won a couple of stakes races now, so uh, the price keeps going up. Yep, and uh, now that you've got her in this form... You're going to keep going? Possibly. We'll just, um, you know, she's Magic Millions horse and, um, yeah, I, look, I've got no reason to stop now, so we'll just keep punching on, I think. Yeah, she's slowly been working her way herself back into form and her last two or three runs have had plenty of merit in them and uh, she struck a wet track today, which is another tick for her. She, she's really adept in these sort of conditions and um, when she began the way she did and uh, obviously Space Boy didn't muster like he usually can, um, we're able to get across and, and travel quite strongly in front and even the first part of the straight I was able to just nurse her that little bit and she gave me a nice kick when required and it's good to see her back in the winner's circle. Is that when she runs her best races when she's able to, to dominate like she did today? I think so. She, she's very competitive mare, um, you know, and when she can get in that situation there like there today when she can be on her own, she's got a high cruising speed but she just doesn't like company and um, today you've seen her at her best. Bit like us, doesn't like company. <laughs> uh, race number four, the ATC Cup, over 2,000 metres at listed level. Now, she just loves the wet. You can put her on any distance, at any time of a preparation, she just loves it. Polly Gray. Yeah, she does, and it was a, a good training effort too, you know, and with the, the wet track second up uh, from 1,400 to 2,000 with 59 kilos, although she did have that uh, nice trial in between first up and here, uh, but she... You know, she was too good. She was always in a beautiful spot and just the class. She's got a bit of, a bit of class on her side that was uh, just too good for this field. He was excellent. 
uh, mighty bill, probably too wide again when, when you have to pull out that more than five off the fence. And he was up in class yesterday and I thought he did a, a really good job. He's a tough, good, genuine horse who's racing as well as he can. I think that Grove Ferry's still working it all out, what Australian racing's all about. He's a, a bit all over the place at the moment. He, well, made he had to make that mid-race move yeah. on him as well, which probably wasn't ideal, but it, it was something that they needed to do just to inject a little bit of speed mm. into it. I'd like to see him ridden a little quietly on a drier track personally. Um, so I think he's got something, uh, but he, he might be one of these imports that might be a uh, bit of second prep in Australia, which you, you see a lot. Yeah, he's he parades quite well and has taken a lot of improvement each time. So I'm excited to see what he can do maybe in his next couple of runs, but also next preparation. Uh, Chris Waller trained the Quinella and the winning rider was James McDonald. Very on these types of tracks and, and this distance as well. So, yeah, great win. And you... Uh, Tell us about getting it from 1,400 straight to 2,000 metres on a testing surface. We Give away a, a secret. We just put it next to Very Elegant for one night. That was all. Is that it? Yeah. Just to rub it. shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good effort though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, look, she's pretty fit. We've got a good team, as we talk about most Saturdays. And she had a trial from the 1,400 metre race to today. And the trial just sort of... It's a fill-in type race, a um, bit less stress, but they're still doing the distance and still doing the work, so I think that's a big help. So what's her summer uh, main race that you're looking at? Probably the Summer Cup, which isn't too far away. I think it's uh, be two weeks today, so it fits in well. And look, in the like she just have a few runs through the summer and then get ready for an autumn race and just sort of pick out the second tier racing. She had good form last prep where she was... Um Competing against some really nice stars, so back to the correct trip, right ground, earmuffs off, it was a good recipe. Yeah, she looked as though she was really sort of wanted to get on yeah. with it as well. She was like travelling hardly in the race. Yeah, she did. She travelled strongly, and but um, as soon as she got the cover, I think that was the making of the race because she was able just to switch off for three or four furlongs and then show a good turn of foot, especially on that ground. She felt very comfortable. Welcome back. There's a bit of a storm building up behind me here, Lizzie. I'm just a bit worried. We've had enough rain. I think that shot reminds me of, you know, when you flick through the TV and you've got the, the um, pastors on TV and they're, you know, doing their sermons. The hour of power. The hour of power, that's it. Yeah, that's what you, nice you've got a future. You, nice to hear you're bringing the children up the right way. <laughs> <laughs> the only, only religion they've got is watching racing. Uh, all denominations welcome this morning. Just make sure you put plenty in the plate when you leave. Race number one, the two-year-old, Lady Laguna. This was very impressive. First go at the track, but... Um, this 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 filly's going to win more races. Yeah, she's a beauty. Um, you know, just travelled. She'd had the run under the belt, a trip away, and she's obviously thrived with it. You know, hard to read these two-year-old races when you know we're working with a with a wet track, but she she handled it pretty well, that's for sure. And when Tommy asked her to go, and that's exactly what she did. She was off and gone, and so um, have to like her. Gender Marie was um, nice to boo, had the bias in her favour, but did enough, beating the rest pretty easily. Um, I like that Colt, um, wealthy investor, I think he's a real improver. You know, he's only had one trial where he was green and he, he took it to the races there and and uh, had a go and, and run a really nice race. You know, there's some, a couple of really big forgive runs there. Uh, Amelia Ramagna, 
she was wide the whole way, so in, in retrospect, her run was very good. Hard to say. Look at him out there in the middle of the track. No go zone. Quicksand. Total forgive. So while the winner, would you would think you'd say, oh, she's the only one I want to take home there, I'd be very forgiving for a couple of those horses out wide. What do you say about the overall... Uh, quality of the race? I don't know. You know, like I said, we, we, we started off thinking it was a heavy 10. Can we, can we, can we judge a quality when these two-year-olds, we don't know if they handle it or they don't handle it? Handle it. I think the winner's okay. I, 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 I've been a bit flat with the two-year-olds this year, other than Cool and Gadda. Mm, I agree. I, I've been waiting for, okay, you know, but usually by... Sir Jarden. Sir Jarden's been impressive. Sir Jarden was good. But and, and, your, and, and, no, and your mate, and your mate, uh, Jay Pride's... Shalatin. Shalatin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he's, he got, he's, he's threatening to be a good horse, mm. but you know, when you're talking brilliant two-year-olds at this time of year, you, you, usually by the end, you know, this getting into near December, you've got three or four that say, oh, they're pretty good, can't wait for them to match. Or is it that up. she's just been so impressive? Maybe. And um, there's nothing that sort of you know, impressed us as much as what she has done. Mm, yeah, uh, maybe it's the programming, I don't know. You know, we used to get them all fired up there and we'd see a, a lot of good horses, And but there's so many options to qualify now for, for the major races. But I suppose the Magic Mean horses should be up and running very, very shortly, yep. otherwise they're gonna miss the boat. Uh, Annabelle Neesham, the trainer, Tommy Berry, the rider. She's not a sales horse, um, so she was, um, purchased from the paddock. Terry Henderson actually's done a super job. Um, picked her out, hand picked her out of the paddock at, at Spendthrift. And um, so, yeah, really was just looking for the right sort of race. Because um, as I said, she wasn't eligible for any of the the, um, the sales races. But um, I think that trip did her the world of good. Um, it was quite a big ask sending them up interstate with, for their first trips. But she, and she did a bit wrong that day, but she did nothing wrong today. She's come on a lot. And my, the uh, nicest thing about it is she handles a heavy track. She's won readily today, so we'll see what, what Tommy says. He's obviously sat on a lot of good two-year-olds, mm -hmm. but um, you know, without a doubt we'll be aiming her for some of those rich autumn two-year-old races. And um, Yeah, I'm just delighted for OTI. They've, they've supported me early on in my career, and you know, they don't often have a lot of two-year-old no. types. They mainly have you know, good stayers, so um, yeah, great to, to get a two-year-old winner in Sydney for them. She was a horse that's had the win under her belt, obviously, and She's had the trip away to Queensland and, and with young horses a trip away can either make them or break them and she was very professional today from the time I got on her and um, when she jumped so well I was never going to give up the lead. Um, she was able to find the fence and that's that's gold when you're here at Rose Hill uh, for a two-year-old and the only thing she did wrong was after the winning post. <laughs> she didn't want to pull up. No, no, she wanted to pull up quick. She wanted to come back and get a photo taken <laughs> but um, no, look, she, she's done everything right today and you know heavy tracks are obviously it's hard to get a guide on. You know, she's performed so well because she enjoyed that ground or if she's as good as she, she looked and felt today. So she's a promising filly going forward and Annabelle's always had a nice rap for her. So um, hopefully she can go on with it now. I know, I know he's very proud of it. And, and so he should be. What? It's grown beautifully uh, over the last four weeks. But kids, the good news is November's almost over. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon he's going to keep it. He, no. he loves it. He's showing it off. Well, I know it's for charity, but... He loves it. He's, I saw he shaped it up the other day. Look at that. It was all over his face the week before. Yeah. So he's, know, now he's given a little... He's doing know, a bit of manicuring. Man, yeah, yeah. Is that what you call oh, it? I think he likes it. I think he's going to keep it. Do you manicure a, a mow? Yes, I think I so. Think so. Mm. I can't grow one. Manicure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just jealous we can't grow one. You're right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, now, this was, uh, this was a great story. This was uh, in, the, in the all well that ends well. But this horse, Testator Silence, uh, 
shifted a plate in the yard. They couldn't replate it in the yard. They replate it at the ga- barriers. Carrying on in the yard, Lizzie. Yeah, it was wild, wasn't it? <laughs> Paul Luke Clark, I wanted to go up and interview him and say, is it, will everything be okay? Do you think this horse is going to handle it? I didn't want to go near him. He was a mucklather himself, the boy from Braidwood. He said that I spoke to them after the race and they said, oh, he can be like that. He's a bit of a buzz box and he gets a bit, you know, energetic. But everything that could go wrong went wrong. It got to the stage, what else could go wrong? It's just... And and, uh, what was so frustrating for Luke, he had that horse ready to go. Yeah, Yeah, he did. He was ready to explode. and, and, And then it almost fell apart. He's a nice horse, you know, he's obviously got little things they're going to get right with him. I don't know if they will because he's a bit of a hothead, but he's just all energy, this horse. And from the day, from last start, when he walked in, I thought, mm, and he runs so well. Mm. Um, yeah, he's, Jean was, even though nothing went right, he did stay very patient on him. He could have panicked there a few times and he didn't. So King's Trust, well, he had the best going and did improve. Uh, Shenandoah went well. There was a couple of big runs there. Did you see that thing, Furphy? It missed the start eight lengths and come the, near the worst middle of the track and finished off really strong. So that was an amazing run. And so Lady Mafeed was good as well. Um, but, yep, he's a nice progressive horse. Don't know how much he's got left this prep, but I'm, I'm really interested in him next prep. Mm. Well, uh, Luke Clark told the story after the race. Uh, as soon as I seen him sort of get a bit um, carried away when he pulled the shoe, I was, I was worried. Then I seen the shoe go on, he stood there well, and I was a lot happier. But then during the race, 100 metres in the race, I was about to turn around and go back to the tie-out. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, well, he's, he's a big raw horse. He's got lots of ability. Um, he's a handful, but, yeah, we're working on it. But, um, yeah, well, you just seen what went on there. So I said to um, the owner, Danny, I'd like to keep coming to these while he's competitive in them and get good prize money. Yep. Um, I wanted to take him to Newcastle over the 1300, having the two weeks after his last start. But then he uh, he was uh, well, an emergency for that, didn't get a run. So we go on a month between runs. And he had six weeks between runs from his winning the 1000 at Wagga to when he came here in the highway. So I knew he could do it, but he's the sort of horse you just need to keep the edge off him to keep him mentally yep. mentally there. But um, yeah, no, I, was, well, I didn't think he'd win today, like on that where no. he was. So it was good effort. Obviously shows that he's got a bit of class to him. Um, as you mentioned, a lot went wrong, um, even through the race. Like mid-race, there was, he was sort of over-racing. There was a lot, lot of drama in front of us. Um, but when I asked him to come back to me, come back to the rail, he actually relaxed nicely. And I think um, just purely in that 100 metres where he did relax before it was time to get going again, that probably just conserved him enough energy just to show a nice turn of foot like I, I know he has. He's a nice horse going forward. He's great, Luke Clark, after the race. Um he trains on a property outside of Braidwood, 400 acres. He said, we've got some cattle, some, some sheep, some utes, some kids. Sapulka, Joe Ibel, he's another uh, trainer, a worthy winner in town and in the Jerry Harvey colours and another one for Rachel King. Yeah, look, she's a seven-year-old mare. You wouldn't know it. Uh, she was second, um, second up there after a little freshen and... Um, she, I thought, you know, Rebel Rama's going to just go straight past her. She's the boulder of the field, and she, she pulled out plenty. So Joe's doing a good job with her and a comprehensive win. I, whether she just uh, likes it wet, I don't know. Um, I was disappointed in Rebel Rama, only because of the SP. Sort of, she was expected to win, and she cruised up to win. But the, the, the winner, dead set, held her at bay, didn't she? Uh, Viren was okay up in distance. It was a 
No, it was a bit of a nothing race, really, to tell you the truth. Um, but she was there, got the right run, and um, a good day for Rachel. She's had a good day. She's rode the wet track beautifully yesterday, so balanced. Um, had a good day. She had a great day, didn't she? She's had spent that time down in Melbourne and hasn't, you know, we're used to her riding winners each week, but it's good to see her getting a couple of winners and then obviously getting the third in the last, but good day for Rachel. And uh, here she is with Joe Ibel. From the 800 on, she looked the most comfortable runner in the race and I was just waiting on that gap to come so she could get off the rail and um, yeah, she really put him away with authority, so fantastic win. Just a magnificent mare, that's her, that's her seventh win for us today. Um, she just keeps showing up and today was a bit of a query on the heavy 10 but Rachel rode her an absolute treat just where I wanted to see her in the run and she travelled sweetly and um, yeah she certainly added up the conditions. She'll be off to the Magic Millions now in January so we'll have a runner for Mr Harvey up at his carnival. Okay what uh, race uh, at the carnival up there? The 2400 metre uh, Magic Millions race will be the target for her so she's got another run or two into that, and, but that's the, the grand final for her. She travelled really well. A couple of times I thought I was travelling a bit too well, um, <laughs> but it's nice to ride a horse with that much confidence on this kind of track. And it's actually interesting because Joe said, you know, she didn't really handle it early days, but as she sort of got older, she's obviously developed a bit more of a liking for it and handled it very well today. What is it about these wet tracks? Is it the horses build up confidence to let down on it? Is that how you see it? I, I think so. Look, I, I got a good feeling even just cantering to the gates on her. She really sort of sprung out of the yard and was happy on it um, and you can sometimes feel those horses that aren't happy on it within 100 metres going to the gates and she was the total opposite so that definitely gives me and the horse a lot of confidence. Uh, let's go to uh, race number five. This horse just bolted in. Irish Angel for Chris Waller and Jason Collett. She goes from strength to strength. She's just one of these mares that Chris has taken a few preps to work out and he gets in their heads and he finds out, well, I don't know, how to train them, how to mature them. And, and she's just taken a long time to mature. Has she? Yeah, yeah. she's been a Because she's raced a lot in the midweeks and she's been a, you know, a bit of a hat rack and he's, uh, he's, he has worked her out. She's, a, she's dynamite first up and she loves to get her toe into the ground and she just had the perfect setup yesterday. Um, but it's just whether she can sustain that through a preparation. That was a one-act affair. That's one of the wins of the day. I don't know about the opposition, but you're right. In those first couple of preparations, oh, you're gonna, you know, she'd loom up there and she'd be struggling to win one of those, you know, 64s at yeah. Canterbury. And then the last two preps, she's lifted. I'm a sat day. I'm here. I'm a sat day horse, and I, I might even be a stakes mare. Yeah, and that's a, the the great thing about Chris and the way he places his horses is he learns where they're best suited and that would have it's by no mistake that she's in at this time of year racing around for this you know on the Saturdays when the weaker company well when the stronger company have gone to the paddock mm. but she's going to be very effective but it's just whether she can sustain she's usually really good first up and then she hits a little bit of a flat spot so I'll be interested she, she might have been in the other box on the other side of very early she will we wish <laughs> she was Holly on one should, side and very she comes back into work we should maybe spend a night Either side yeah, of it. Yeah. I think Chris would <laughs> let us go there. Us yeah. yeah, we might sharpen yeah. us up. Yeah. Undeniable was good. She's been up a long time, a little mare, and she's been so so genuine all the way through. That cloudy, uh, she's only a three-year-old, and she'll win one of those three-year-old races um, shortly as well. So she showed a bit of speed there and, and battled. But, jeez, a, a one-act affair. What about this new mullet? That uh, Have you seen the new mullet that Jason Collett's got? No. 
outstanding. <laughs> I saw a little kid there. Mm. He had a mullet. There was a little kid there with a mullet. Like, that must be coming back. Mm. Was that, that really? Was, that was um, Benji. Yeah. Uh, Gerald's son. Gerald's son. Gerald's grandson. A grandson. Oh, okay. Yes. That, no, that's who well, it was. What that's I who said it was. to yes, Benji, yes. I said, yours, it, yours mullet is allowed. You're, you know, experimenting. Yeah. What I said to Jason is, yours is a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not well, even at the midlife yet. Well, do we have a shot of it? We will for the last show next week. He'll I'll, get rid of it. I'll get it for you. He'll get rid of it before then. We'll have it was Berry's, Berry's mo will go, <laughs> Collett's mullet will go. It would have cost him 300 to get it done. <laughs> what? I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's a fine-tuned mullet. Yeah. I think Claire's a bit of a, she's handy on the scissors, she's good at no, she cutting. She wouldn't have done that. Anyway. Well, what did I miss out on? I, uh, I, well, I think, I'll find we're, it for you, I'll show you after the show. Please. Um, well, here he is, as uh, Brett Kavanagh calls him, Colette and uh, Chris Waller. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice ride. Rode it like Darren Beeman, didn't he? Most definitely. Most definitely. Colette will love to hear that. Um, first up, the key. Ah, uh, yep, she's a good fresh horse. Um, She's learnt to cope with the conditions. There's a stage early in her life that she didn't handle it at all. So that's an interesting thing mm -hmm. to remember moving forward. And um, yeah, just just rode her quiet and didn't expose her too early and made it made it look easy. And you've still got plenty of room to move in the benchmark with her. Yeah, yep, that's the beauty as we touched on before about Sydney racing. Um, 130,000 prize money. It's great for the owners reinvesting and. Um, yeah, it's good for the trainer Does too. it resonate around the world? You speak to people all over, yeah, the, over yeah. the globe. I speak to a lot of the leading trainers and everybody's aware of our racing um, as our owners and that's why you're seeing an influx of European horses coming here. Uh, and I guess it'll only be a matter of time before um, you see other countries and the Middle Eastern countries will probably step out here and it's, it's obviously it's a... It's a high-end sport, but not many people can afford to lose money. So when you're getting a good value, good bang for your dollar, uh, people reinvest, and that's what drives a huge economy. So many jobs. A barrier, small field, it's a uh, similar sort of build-up uh, as to last prep as well. So. Yeah, it sort of ticked all the boxes going into it. Yeah, she looks like she's in for a good preparation. She did something similar to that, but probably not as impressive in midweek company last prep. She, she did, yeah. Uh, and, and she's back at the right time of year. Yeah, no doubt with the uh, summer forecast, she'll find a few more tracks like this. Okay, well, I have seen the mullet. Uh, Lizzie showed me the photo. It's a, you should be ashamed of yourself, young man, honestly. Oh, oh uh, it's, on a, it's on at a good social media outlet wherever you are. Lord Ardmore, race number six, uh, another one for Waller, and this time it was uh, young Tommy Sherry getting the ride. Yeah, and Tommy's announced himself back for the summer months, that's for sure. He's had a few little hiccups along the way, but a winning double doing the world a good one for his boss and one for Chris Waller, and this is a, he's a ripper horse. He's fit well, he had the right form lines. There was some doubt about his wet track form, and this is a game where Chris Waller works them out. He said, oh, you know, I rung Stephen Marshall, who used to have the horse, and his bad wet track run, he wasn't right. It was his last run of the, the prep, so he just ticks off every box, doesn't he? Um, and he showed that, and I thought, I thought, bid race, geez, he, he, Tommy's going out too hard on this horse. There's two or three horses that should have let him know. I want the lead, and even with the big weight, he just raced away. He was far too good. Media star, I guess that's his first go. Well, that's his first go at 1800, and I thought he went well um, up in distance on testing track and that Grand Rock. I think he's another one. He's just still working it all out. The, the way things are done here, Cisco Bay, too wide, too wide. Uh, so excuses for him.
Uh, Montio Sisu was three out of five lame, so that's a disappointing performance from him. Um, so to United, there was nothing wrong with him post-race, but you're going to see that when the track was sort of not to a few horses' likings. Mm. Yep. Uh, let's go back to Chris Waller and also Tommy Sherry. Obviously, on the wet, um, was a box he hadn't ticked before, so he was a fit horse and um, it was a nice ride. He persevered to hold the front. Um, their plan was to, to dominate, but if they wanted to go too quick, let them. But uh, yeah, it was just a well-controlled ride. So yeah, he judged it nicely. He did young Perfect. Tom? Is he uh, many winners on the board for you off, off no, the top of your head? No, not many at all. No. I don't know how many, but there's not yeah. many. It'd be less than one handful. And Grand Rock, uh, he uh, got into it okay in the end. Yeah, I thought he was tracking into it nice. I thought he was a real chance turning for home, but yeah, the, maybe the leader got a soft, soft time. Fellas thought he was well placed. He probably had the best farm line coming into the race. Uh, probably appreciated a little bit of weight off his back under those conditions. But um, he had a pretty easy time early, and then we got pressured, obviously. But I think those first couple of easy sections helped him get through the last half, and uh, he ran through the line strong. It's my first winner for the Waller team, so it's pretty good. Yeah, really exciting for you to partner up with, uh, obviously, Australia's biggest trainer, Chris Waller. And when you got the call up for the ride, you must have been pretty pleased. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've had a couple of spins for, for Mr Waller and the team. But um, no, it's always good to get a dog off the back. And also good to uh, kick off this, this time of year for you. You'll be reaping the rewards over the next few months. Yeah, for sure. It's been a tough couple of months, I suppose. But um, it's good to be back and hopefully we can crack a couple of winners. Okay, um, Mark Newnham looked pretty confident. I interviewed him earlier in the day, he had two runners, but he was more excited about expat, loving the going, and didn't she what? Yeah, she's a beauty. Uh, she is a beauty, and, and Mark, you know, he's another one, he just, he gets them fit, you know, he doesn't muck around at the trials with them. If he wants to get them to the races, this was a 1300 metre race, so she needed a few trials to be hardened up and fit enough to, to, to get the job done. And he had her fit enough and obviously conditions to suit and just used her gait speed, took no prisoners. Away she went. I went, thought she went excellent. Uh, Brooke Spice, she'd had a few um, setbacks coming into this. Uh, so Chris said, uh, been a while since she's trialled. This is not her distance range. She's more of a 1500 miler. So I think she comes out of that with flying colours beaten, but far from disgraced. Good effort, Molly Coral, getting back and having to come wide. And uh, not too much more to add. Fisher made ground there, but I'm a bit wary um, where she what did make the ground on the inside. I'd rather be looking, you know, for the horses making ground out wide, like you. Uh, Lock Lamonds or something to improve next time. She's the most improved, one of the most improved horses I've ever seen in Sydney. The winner? The winner, yeah. Uh, what, appearance-wise? Well, no, just from where she had come from. I mean, mm. she she went at 50 to 1 in a in a maiden at Wyong mm. and then has progressed all the way through. And now this preparation, she's a lot stronger. She did a great job last prep, yeah. but she's really filled out this preparation. So he's going to have a lot of fun with her. And there was that inkling that she might make it to stakes grade and I think she's definitely going to make it there. Okay. Could, could almost be next start. Yeah. Uh, here's Mark Newnham and Tommy Sherry who got a double. He's had two winners today and both boys are going terrific. Tyler three yeah. winners last night um, and he's the same. He's come back off a broken wrist. Tommy's had uh, he's had an awful year as injuries and suspension but yeah. uh, hopefully he gets a bit of momentum now. With her pattern um, you know your fate pretty early and, and she got the lead and controlled it in front. 
and you know, if she was to be beaten today, it was going to be in the last 50 first up, but um, uh, she, she did the job well. Um, horse and ride, a good effort. Most likely to Queensland in two weeks. Uh, the just now, 1,300 listed uh, fillies and mares race at Eagle Farm. Um, if we don't go there, I'll prof probably try and stretch her out to the Bell of the Turf at Gosford at the end of December. It's amazing how much the, uh, a filly can do well, so well out on the paddock. She's come back and when I sat around the trials, I said to the boss, Gee, she's a bit big. Um, but she had two really good trials. Um, second trial was a solid hit out. I was still a little bit concerned on a heavy 10. Um, forced up, it's always tough. But uh, she has great Great gate speed, does everything right, and she's tough as nails. Um, hopefully she can progress and, and get a bit of black type about her. Okay, and to the last now, Jason Core with a Saturday winner with Bluff and Bluster. Now, poor old Anthony Cummings walked past. He, he was... He was Bluff and Bluster. He was Bluff and Bluster, all right. <laughs> <laughs> His two horses left the rails. Uh, uh, well, what was this race? I don't know. I'm getting cranky and yeah. end, end of a long carnival. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a nothing, wasn't it? Um, look, he deserved another win, Bluff and Bluster. Looked in uh, awful trouble at stages here, but... Yeah, it's a bit frustrating, you know, but, uh, it's just that the horses were getting tired and they've just wandered, which happens with tired horses, and, and they just got, he got, they got ambushed late on a horse that, you know, got lucky, as you can say, but, yeah, I don't know, I think it's a common race, to tell you the truth. Mm. Oh, we've been spoiled, you know, we've been... Well, that's well, right. Just, just <laughs> that's so right. you know... You can't, you can't, you can't go from China yeah. Doll <laughs> to the peaking palace, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to give you... Uh, I looked for next week. There's ten benchmark races next week, so, so there's no I'm, highlights at all. I'm so excited. Yes. Well, you need to just You're, get a bit no, you've, no, you've brought up the good point. We've been spoiled. We have been spoiled. We've got to wait two more weeks for the Villiers. So there's another yeah. feature race. Yeah. yeah. That would be a great race. Yeah. I mean... Now they're only million dollar races. <laughs> Truly, they're, they're only worth one million. I know. I know. That's what Volandis has done. Um, where are we up to? Jason Coyle and Rachel King. Probably worked out really well for him. He got held up for long enough. Um, he took that you know, small gap on the inside, which sometimes he can be a bit hesitant to do. And he was nice and strong late. So it probably makes up for uh, you know a Golden Cup that he was probably a little bit unlucky in. Yep. And you know he can find a bum this horse and today it was nice to see it open up for him. The last time he won it was similar conditions when I won on him at Ramwick and it just works out well when he can just get that nice suck run, safe round the whole way. I was sweating on a run for a little bit but when it appeared, look, all credit to the horse, he was brave and he wanted, he really responded when I asked him. Could you believe they left the fence? <laughs> No, I got pretty close to the fence, but... <laughs> but they let you come through. Exactly, I know. <laughs> it worked out perfectly. Uh, and, uh, he, look, he, if he finds similar conditions and a smaller field, he'll be effective again. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, when he can get that nice position, sort of not too far off the speed and travel up like that, he's, he's um, very effective. OK, so that was uh, Rose Hill. Now, down south at Caulfield, it was the end of an era. Bossy retired. Now, I must say, it's, it's all of mixed emotions, isn't it? Here is Bossy on his last ride on a dollar forty pop. He can't get a dollar forty pop home, yet there are celebrations after the race, as there rightly should be. Yeah. But it I know we'll play Bossy in a moment, but it's an incredible way to go out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Thinking that well this is a gimme. Yep. Yeah. And he gave him a beautiful ride, he just wasn't he it wasn't good enough. Well just wasn't good enough on the day. Well was, I think the track might have been a little bit firm for maybe. those for you know, those imports just 
I think it was on the firmer side, so my, that would probably be the excuse, and at the end of a preparation yeah. as well. You take nothing away from the winner. He stood in the barrier. Mm. He won that race last year. That was his last win. So, um, look, $750,000 race, it was pretty... I was just said, talking about our benchmark. That was pretty yeah. average as well. I don't... Look, it's all about Bossy. Yep. He, you can just put champ, you know, stamp champion next to him. Some of the horses that he's ridden throughout his career mm. and his passion for the industry is just amazing. It's, uh, and we haven't lost him. He's going to be around and he'll have plenty to say and, and um, we'll run off him. Yeah. Yep. I think when i reflecting on, on Glenn Boss, I think of my time before I worked in the media and how he was, he was always such a gentleman, you know, and dealing with him in, in the stables, he was always great to, you know, sort of work with and be around. And then when you come into the media, you know how hard it is to find these sort of rare showmen and talents, almost like a Frankie Dettori. Yep. He's a rare, he's a he's in rare air because he's, he's such a showman and he sells the industry to the wider public. And to me, that's exactly what Glenn Boss does to Australian racing. He sells racing to the wider public. If you ask about jockeys, they, you, the outside public know who Glenn Boss is mm -hmm. because of his antics, you know. He's always up and about. He's always got a smile on his face, uh, especially when he's riding big Group One winners. And um, he is a true—you know—he's just—he's just a star. When you put a microphone in front of him as an interviewer, you know that it's going to be a good one because he says every single thing that you want him to say, and he tells a story better than anyone I've ever interviewed. It's a nice show, um, send off, isn't it? It's beautiful. a nice send off beautiful. at the end of the career. And they look like they've got a lovely crowd there for it as well. And they. <laughs> they they played the game with him. Yeah. We'll be talking about Glenn Boss for a long, long time. Yeah. And, and like in the case of uh, blokes like Malcolm Johnston, because of Maccabi Diva, whenever she's brought up, Glenn he'll be brought up. up. Yes. And we'll be talking about her for a long time. Well, you won't see better, better three rides than those Melbourne Cups. Ever. That last one was unbelievable. Here he is, Bossy. <laughs> uh, actually, there was not hardly a step of that race. I didn't feel like I was a winner. And um, once I got the 500 metre mark, I just asked him to come up underneath me and I went, oh... You know, it wasn't there, but to his credit, he tried very hard, but what a fitting way to go out. I give that also every possible hope. You know, I just got in the zone. I felt good, and like I said, the result was not going to define my career. Just being here today and being in front of this Melbourne crowd and, you know, having my family here, it's just... Um, I want to thank everybody. You know, it's been a wonderful journey, and it's been a tough times a journey but when you weigh through the scales the good times far outweigh the bad times they're not even insignificant so thanks guys just uh woo. <laughs> just, I just feel I feel I feel wonderful honestly I just yeah I went out the way I wanted to go out given a, uh, given a good also given a good also good ride I can't ask for any more what would the kid who rode his first winner in December 1985 at Gympie make of what's unfolded over the last four decades? Oh, he'd be mind-blowing, to be honest. Um, but he wouldn't be... Yeah, at the same time, he expected it. Because that's, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, he wouldn't... He would have said, yep, that's, that's where I was going to be. That 15-year-old that kid, he would have said, yep, job well done, because... At no stage I ever took my eye off the ball. At no stage I ever wavered from where I wanted to be, and uh, and this is where I want to be. You know, thank you. You are a champion and a legend. <laughs> Enjoy retirement. Did you take your shirt off when you retired? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs>
We're going to take a break. Darren McCauley's up next from Perth. headed for home at the 350 at the top of the straight kicked away from Captain Burglar down the outside is Mini Winnie followed then by Snippy Miss starting to pick away through the field Deus further back behind them beat the bro getting held up but no white flag with a hundred left to go with a handy lead out by more than two down the outside Holy Enchantment but no white flag does it from go to woe no white flag beat Holy Enchantment Candles me dad starts its run down the outside with significant hero at the 200 warm and fuzzy reaches the lead here comes Kendall's me dad though the great southerner Kendall's me dad with Scandalo bursting through between them Kendall's me dad down the outside star authoress but the great southern gets the money and it goes home Kendall's me dad to win from a blanket go for minor placing Scandalo star authoress charging down the outside divine beast warm and fuzzy there well that was the undercard let's get to the main event Darren McCauley's joining us from Perth after the Winterbottom Stakes and it was Groundhog Day Darren good morning Good morning to you, Greg, and also Duff. Uh, great to be with you here on this Sunday morning. It certainly was a case of Groundhog Day. More of the same. The Cerise and White Peters Investments juggernaut just continued on its way. And, uh, of course, uh, not only have they won the winter bottom with Graceful Girl, but also produced the Quinella with Stage Man, who finally got a little bit of luck go his way. And, by the way, good morning to my favourite member of the panel, Lizzie. So, um, <laughs> she yeah. was pulling faces there for a minute. <laughs> I was saving the very best for last. Thanks, boys. <laughs> let's, let's go to the arrows. Let's, uh, let's pick them up and, and take us through the winter bottom uh, on the home turn. A few hard luck tails if you look for congestion back inside of them. There's Pike with the black cap. He was out there five deep in running from his barrier 16, but he followed stage man. The other horse in the Cerise and White, a horse good enough to get him to the corner now. Elite Street there hitting the front. We were waiting him for him to burst clear, but it was Graceful Girl had wings on every plate and she absolutely destroyed them there in a most emphatic victory. And, of course, news came through after the race that Elite Street, unfortunately, had bled through both nostrils and uh, therefore will of course suffer the disabilities of a three-month ban so that would have contributed to the favorite elite streets performance there some of the other hard luck tales in the race and there were a few horses like i see red i see red cup night didn't get a lot of favors and uh, will chino of course who went there into group company for the very first time off the back of some fabulous form she just missed the step slightly and it was enough to have pressure put on her to try and build and do too much early on in the race but she was a spent force on the home corner so maybe just a bridge too far maybe a little deep into the preparation she'll come back certainly better smarter more mature for that performance in the winter bottom stakes yesterday but how do you stop this juggernaut peters pike Grant and Delana Williams. They've done it once again. That was Pike's third win in the winter bottom, but his first as a Group 1 race. And uh, Bob Peters also, his um, second victory uh, and first as a Group 1. He won it many years ago with a good mare called Petite Amour, trained by Sharon Miller. So they know their way around these features. It's the team that get them ready on the big days, and they'll be back, of course, next Saturday for the Kingston Town to do it all again. And for the first time, maybe in Ascot history, 
make it an absolute clean sweep of the carnival. Darren, it's easy to make a case after the race, but it's, uh, you have to admire the way they handled this mare because you look, she won that 1,200 first up and then they brought her back in distance with, for the two defeats and her record at 1,200 is, is amazing when you go through it. So they just kept her nice and fresh to get her back to that 1,200 for that race yesterday. Absolutely spot on, Duff. Of course, she was four for four going into it there. And then the barrier draw came on Tuesday. Ironically enough, it was the Perth Racing Club chairman, Colin Brown, that actually drew the barrier on behalf of Bob. Bob said he doesn't get a lot of luck at barrier draws. He mainly leaves that for what happens on race day, I suppose. But... Uh, Everything has fallen into favour. Uh, I suggested yesterday morning that when Pike was packing his bag, Greg, that he would need his saddles, his stirrups, his leathers, his skull cap and his pogo stick to win from there. <laughs> but it wasn't needed. Let's go and have a look at the post-race action here straight after the victory of uh, what was an outstanding winner yesterday, Graceful Girl. Kept away because I'm not very lucky and I thought if someone else did it, I'd get lucky, but... Uh... It didn't seem to work out, but uh, obviously it was the horses coming from the back. We thought that's what might happen, uh, that the ones in the front would, would stop or slow down and uh, hopefully we could be getting home. We've got home a couple of years ago with Enticing Star and could only get second. And then it was Celebrity Queen and she could only get second. But Today we got second. And, and you also had the winner. And we had the winner, yeah. I know they're running good sectionals, but I had uh, 15 horses to try and get past. And coming to the outside like that, I, oh, if you said that I could circle them and win with a win in a canner, I wouldn't have believed it. She's just got all heart, this horse. She's so good. What about last week? You win a group one by four lengths. This is a different feeling altogether, though, to do it in a sprint. And in the end, she's won it soft. Yeah, well, that's right. I suppose um, with the barrier, expectations sort of come off a little bit. Definitely get to enjoy it a little bit more that way, not being such a red-hot favourite. And I, I suppose in hindsight the barrier worked in our favour. And the, the most amazing thing, it's out of a mare uh, that is my go-to for Darren McCauley impersonations, mm -hmm. Avenida Madeiro. <laughs> I used to like calling Avenida Madeiro, Greg. <laughs> As if he hadn't been made aware. <laughs> <laughs> and Wabasso and Wattie Pulka. Uh, now, Kingston Town next week. What a race this is going to be. The Railway Stakes winner. Two's on. Thank you very much. Well, we saw Western Empire go around last start uh, in the Railway at unprecedented odds. The shortest priced favourite in the modern day history of the Railway Stakes. And he'll become the shortest priced favourite now in Kingston Town. Classic history as well. $1.50. How do they beat him on what he did, of course, last start? Trouble with this earpiece this morning. Yeah, I should have drawn them smaller. <laughs> send, um, send Ronnie over to anyway. help you. <laughs> <laughs> We've had trouble sticking things in my ears. Uh, but, uh, Regal, Regal Power, another set of the Cerise and White team, you know, um, he, he's been absolutely reserved for this. They bypassed the railway stakes with a horse who's already won the railway and he'll go there head-to-head -head with, with uh, Western Empire next Saturday. So, look, it could well be more of the same, more of the Cerise and White, a clean sweep for this uh, indomitable team. I think it's certainly going to be a big story as to what happens next after Kingston Town Day. The futures of all concerned there, if we're reading anything between the lines in the press in the last couple of weeks. We'll be back to talk more about it next week on the show, our last show for the year. Thanks, Darren. Good on you, Greg. Thanks indeed, Duff.
Bye, Lizzie. Bye. See you, mate. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you. Enjoy Saturday. Yep. Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> yep. Enjoy you Sunday. don't know. You've been awake for 24 hours. <laughs> Enjoy Sunday. <laughs> and thanks for joining us. You're finished. <laughs> no. You're finished. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. <laughs>